So uh, I hired your girlfriend for the for the 200 episodes background. What do you think? Hey man, she's she's gonna be happy with me. It's her first big modeling gig. I think I'm gonna be having a pretty nice weekend here shortly. <laughs> it's an early weekend. Well, you know, Wednesday is what? What do we call it? Hump day. Yeah, yeah. I got <laughs> Halloween horror nights this weekend. Horror, horror, horror. What'd you say? Halloween horror oh, nights. Got it. Got it. I touched this other day, so I was like, ha Halloween horror nights. At yeah, Universal there you go. Studios. You know, my son brought me, uh, uh, on a side note, uh, a piece that some dude had done. Um, you know, the Disney CEO, whatever that fucker's name is, is like cutting every project and like, yeah, he's just doing the classic recession cost cutting thing and really killing yeah. everything in sight and their new system. It just nickels and or nickels and dimes the fuck out of guests at the parks. And Anyway, uh, some guy on TikTok did this comparison between Universal and Disney right now. And Universal's like cranking out an entire new world. They're killing it on all kinds of shit across the board. And it was just like embarrassing for Disney because then they showed Disney's um, most recent, hey, here's what we're up to presentation. And it was just pitiful so it's going to be really interesting to see if it pays off for universal to be aggressive during the recession while disney's cutting everything but we'll see well, what happens disney, yeah disney has a i think they all have this to some extent but you know disney has all those i mean it's almost easier just to recycle the movie concept for disney and to come up with a new one you know with all their historical content characters there you know mickey all the way through um you know they can crank out a, a cheap remake and get it out there and probably make 50x versus yeah. going for a big studio action film that costs what those usually cost what about 400 million to make or something yeah i don't know and then i mean hundreds of millions and then try to recoup that and you got to do it at the box office these days yeah. i mean i guess well, people well, are back out in movies in force but still it seems like a hard in this type of economy I, it makes sense why they would cut those big projects well I mean, right. look i mean this was more oriented to the parks um and how oh. universal is aggressively expanding their parks and disney is shutting everything down and then also uh charging ridiculous amounts to use the park but um right now what he's got in his favor is disney plus because they're printing fucking money with disney yeah. plus that that's that's the thing that keeps him from having to do it but my 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 thing that's going to be curious for me is coming out of this, you know, five years from now, does Universal surpass Disney in in visitors to the parks? Because mm. already, once you get over a certain age of children, you know, Hollywood Studios was built to compete against Universal, and it was built by Disney before Universal launched. And now, once you get over kind of that young age, kids aren't so excited about Disney anymore. You know, every now and then Disney puts out a cool new ride, but you go to fucking Universal and that's that's got the shit like it's got like the hardcore rides, the really cool, you know, virtual reality shit. So that's what it's theaters gonna be, want. You're right. It, You're exactly. Right. It, yeah. it's, that's what I want. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know what I mean? up. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Euphoric says, congratulations to your 200th episode. The show is an essential part of my journey in crypto. Keep up the great work. Holy shit. That's an awesome quote. I am so tweeting that shit up. Thanks, man. Really appreciate it. And thank you for being here. And thank you for participating. It's uh, it's really appreciated. That's awesome. Yeah, Euphoric. Appreciate it, man. That's freaking awesome. Good to have love you, it. bro. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, all right. So we got some, uh, well, I haven't even looked at markets today. Have you? Looks like Bitcoin was trying to climb back, but that's all I, I saw earlier. It was up this morning, a, you know, a percentage point. I, actually, I haven't looked in a couple of hours. I've just been so immersed. Let me check real quick. It's, uh, let's see. Twitter, e man. It went up and down. It's still up. You know, it's right about flat. It's up like $14. So. 19 226 to 13443. Of course, I'm sure the miners are still selling off their fucking ETH. So, you know. Yeah. And also, don't forget that, you know, we do have the FOMC, the Fed decision. At, yeah, everybody's it, just hanging nervous. Yeah. So these kind of rallies and equities in the morning before the Fed, I think it's a lot of gamesmanship going on here. And I think people are making bets, basically. But what's what's going to happen? Fifty, seventy-five, or a hundred? What, what if they do fifty? What do you what do you think the market reacts? You know, I because everybody's. I, I saw I saw a thing that said the odds are eighty-four percent that it will be seventy-five. That makes sense to me. Um, I saw forty-eight percent for a hundred earlier in the week, but I just think that the steam's been taken out of the market last week, and everybody's waiting on this decision. Um, and you're going six weeks to midterms, you know, politically, you know, you don't want to be accused of tanking the economy or something right before an election, number one. So I just think that they're going to back off a little bit here. And then I saw a whole bunch of data from a UK perspective this morning about what's going on in the third world, you know, with, uh, well, the DXY dollar appreciation is up 16%. And, you know, that's great now for inflation because it cheapens the price of imports, but Long term, it's going to hurt exports or medium term, right? Or near to medium term, and that's going to affect GDP, which is what you know. If that goes down, that's like a recessiony type indicator. So, I kind of get the feeling that my gut says, and I nobody tells me anything, guys. I just sort of try to intuit shit. Is that it's somewhere between fifty and seventy-five? It could be fifty, just because if he want, if he's going to take two months off now, or at least until after. When is it? November 6th or something? The election, I would give November, I think they could do it, but probably December. You go ahead and do a 50 right now. And you keep hitting that balance sheet down. Um, keep pairing that $95 billion a month out of there. And that's going to do a lot of the work for you. Because remember, I mean, my theory is that it's like a reverse multiplier. That if that's that asset is somehow in the banking system and the liquidity ready to be lent, then you know when you every dollar lent, I think turns into something like $11 in, uh, say, business deposits because, you know, you lend company A a, a million, they have to deposit it at that bank that lent right. it. Then the bank re-lends out whatever the lending ratios are these days, the money, and then somebody then deposits it. So it multiplies that dollar up to 11, 14, somewhere around there. So my feeling is that if you're doing the same thing and extracting dollars, it should unwind too. <clears throat> Makes so, sense. So if it's 95 billion, you know, whatever that multiplier is, I just sort of in my mind think that that amount, let's say it's 10, then that's almost a trillion dollars of liquidity being pulled out or a potential liquidity being pulled out 
you know, every month, that's going to do a huge effect. And nobody talks about it. Yeah, you I know, wonder, Phil. Enough, hmm? Go ahead. It's hard enough for me to understand it. <laughs> you know, and you get 15 different explanations from economists. But the net seems to be that it pulls liquidity out. So at this point, why not signal? Plus, the fact is, you know, Europeans are getting ready to get crushed if the if dollar keeps appreciating and they can't keep right. up on interest rates. So they're going to slam the EU and they're going to slam the UK into recession. So, you know, I, I'm not saying that there's that they do or do not. But if I was the Fed, I'd also be thinking about that kind of stuff, too, sure. because, you know, you have to sort of balance it. So to me, I'm kind of erring more. I mean, I think I'm still I was 60, 40 at 75, 50 this morning. I'm kind of leaning a little bit more towards 50, 50 right now at this moment. 50, 50, but, 50. Yeah, 50, but I think 75. it's good for the market. I think market rallies. 50, 50, 50, 75. Cool. Yes. I, I think if I was, the, 50, 50. Hmm? if I was, if I was Powell um, and thank God I'm not, um, uh, I would probably just say, fuck it, let's go for a hundred and give myself some buffer. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they can think of. But look, you know, one, they're seeing all the data. When you look at like the forward data out <laughs> one to two years, um, there's a guy I follow on Twitter. I mean, on yeah, he's on Twitter too, but Robin Brooks, IIF economist. And you look at a couple of these different economists, the big ones out there, um, you know, they're seeing the data that the forecast inflation for 2024 is like 2.8%. And that's with all the new data in. So they see it, it's already tipping over and they see where right. it's going. So the question is, if you want to do a soft landing, in my mind, you don't want to slam it right now. You want to basically come in wherever that optimal point is and hit that number that makes everybody think, oh, wow, OK. And, you know, now it's positive again. Um, and then let it run a little bit and see what happens. Because right. remember, this is a super right. tanker. We're not in the Donzi speedboat yeah. here where we can just turn on a dime. We got to say, all right, 90 days out, 180 days what, out, the, what's going to happen? The what speedboat? The what speedboat? Uh, Donzi speedboat, you know, D-O-N-Z-I. What is that? Oh, it's an Italian little, they're all over Miami. I'm surprised. At least they used to be. Maybe they're bankrupt or something that I forgot. You know, maybe the brand's gone, but hold on. No, it was a, it was like a quick a, Italian. So it's a brand of boats. Okay. Yeah, it's a okay. boat brand. Sorry. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So Aiden yeah, says, "Wow, can't believe I've spent two hundred mornings with y'all, haha." Um, you know, and Joe and I were talking that we may start a DAO just to raise money to provide free mental health counseling um, for everybody that has been listening all along, especially having to listen to Joe. Uh, yeah, that, 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 that's the, that's what do it. Shizzy says 200. Congratulations, guys. Shizzy also says the Fed don't want people selling bonds while they're they are selling bonds. I think it'll be 100 bips. And Sean is at Mike is at 75 and the market rips up. All yeah. right. I, I'd love to see a rip for 75 just for shits and giggles. Well, one other piece of evidence is that the Nikkei futures right now are, are up about 182. It's about two thirds of 1%, but still it's up. It was up less this morning and a little bit down at the end of last night. So that means that that their expectation of opening at the Nikkei, which is at the end of US trading session roughly, um, is optimistic. So that means, again, I, I think that every, that tells me everybody's kind of thinking 75 um, in the fact of like, 
not too big of a rip. Like if they expected 50 or 25 or nothing, I would see Nikkei futures being up maybe like 400, 500. But since it's 187, I think that the market is kind of looking at 75 right now and a little rip. Yeah. To follow up on Sean's comment. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Putin uh, is calling up the reservists. <laughs> well, what is this, like a bunch of 85-year-olds? Yeah, before we move on, Niblets makes a good point here. What's um, that? That I've got the wrong big screen. Yeah, no, that's 75 base. It's going to hit, oh, you know, the mortgage yeah. owners. Now, this is what's interesting, Niblets, is that I was looking data on 2008 versus today and for those um, listening on the podcast, Niblet said even 75 is going to be painful for us real estate owners. Now I know Niblets is is in uh is in Canada. Sorry if I'm doxing you here, but um I in the US <laughs> there um you know yeah, in, small, in a, two, a really yeah, small a lot, country. Hey, anybody up here knowing Niblets? Search Google for Niblets in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Niblets is over here, man. <laughs> but but the point is that Adjustable rate mortgages in the 2008 crisis, I believe it made up at least 20%, potentially 30% of the existing um, mortgages. So when right. uh, things changed, obviously everybody got crushed. Now it's about 7% of existing mortgages in the U.S. I'm just kind of curious, Niblets, what that percentage might be in Canada. Are there a lot of AR, you know, ARMS, adjustable rate stuff, or is it, um, if you know, um, is it more prevalent there than in the U.S.? Look that up, intern. Oh, we don't have. No, one. wait. She's 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 dancing on a stripper pole behind you, dude. <laughs> Sean says two hundred episodes. Congrats! I have marriages that did not last that long. <laughs> <laughs> Mine hey, all lasted longer than that. But uh, speaking of which, you guys are missing out. Look, sh we're Sean and I are like building uh, DeFi on Bitcoin in the Mission DeFi Reddit. Get in no. the Reddit, people. And I started, I've set up an automated message every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for you to shill your favorite projects. So get in there and shill your projects. Is that anything goes place, guys. So uh, get 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 in the Reddit and discuss it. Every episode, I'm posting all the episodes in there. So you, if there was something more you wanted to say that you didn't get a chance to say, hop on in and do it. So absolutely. Uh, Eamon said, yeah, my plan to sell got wrecked. Now just hold for a while. Uh, Shizzy says 200 episode after party at Niblets in Canada. <laughs> yeah. We'll post his address. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Niblets said lots of variables and quick, a bit of Hillock credit too. Oh, got it. Yeah. So, so it's a home equity loan adjustable. Yeah. Okay. So you posted this up. Uh, Russian stocks see sharpest drop since February as Moscow moves to annex occupied regions. So three things yesterday, primarily, uh, um, uh, Putin's going to call up the reservists that fought for the czar to help out in the, uh, war effort. Um, he's of course, world war Z is this world war Z? Yeah, I guess he's of course, threatening nukes again. Which now at this point it's like, but, but does he not realize that the fallout's all going to blow right over Moscow? <laughs> I mean, this is what I don't get. Well, you he know? doesn't like, give a shit about his people, so he'll just be in a fucking bunker somewhere and let them all fucking. He's a piece of shit, you know. What do you expect? Uh, what was it? So it was it was nukes. Oh, reserve. Did you oh, see that annexing? Out? He's going to annex yeah. and have an election. Well, just there like, was also just like the ones he has in Russia that, that the Russian airlines had. And then I, I wasn't sure if it was true or not, but because there were people debating it at that point, like Aeroflot was saying no, 
But the other other Russian airlines were saying, yes, that they're banning boarding for anybody, any males between 18 and 65 looking no. to go outside of the U.S. Oh, I mean, outside oh. of Russia, outside of Russia. Yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's true or not. But I would have gotten the fuck out if I was that age. That, yeah, that yeah. So Oof. all the flights were packed, basically. And then they supposedly stopped. <laughs> now, I don't know. Again, it's it's still in that. Is this right or true or not? But it kind of makes sense. You know, I don't think that they're going to publicize it if you're Aeroflot or Russian Airlines and go. No. You know, but there's yeah. going to be somebody calling whoever controls it and saying, shut that shit down. We can't have these guys leaving us. Yeah. Um, but look, again, this is like this whole double down strategy. I just never the other stuff I've been reading says that the army, you know, they just finished recruiting a bunch of convicts and stuff, out of the penal colonies. And I think they got of all that effort. They got fifteen hundred soldiers and most were like nuts. We're not doing it. We'll stay in jail. And then they would do it. And now they're pulling up. So they first throw in all these 17-year-old kids that don't even have any of them been trained. They wheel them into Ukraine. They don't. They think they're on a training exercise. And all of a sudden, people are shooting at them. And yeah. this shit doesn't work. Exactly. And so they're like, what the? And then now you're going to bring up the super old dudes with military experience to go in there and fight? I mean, it makes no sense. And then... I think they still got to be trained up. They're saying that's a six to eight month thing that maybe you could get them deployed next year after well, spring. Um, as much as, as much as I can't stand uh, David Sachs um, from all in podcast, uh, a venture capitalist in California. Anyway, yeah. um, he, he made a good point. Yeah. I think it was him that made the point the other day on the show um, that look at the end of the day, all Putin wants, well, I'm not sure that's all Putin wants. I think Putin wants all of Ukraine. But I think he's at a point now where he's just trying to ratchet this shit up so he can get those two locations he wanted in the first place, which were the, the you know, they're oil rich or gas rich, and there's other strategic elements to them, as well as the pipeline something, something, I think, there. And all he's going to try to do is ratchet this shit up so he forces a negotiation and he gets those territories. And to me, that makes a ton of sense. Like, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense for him to be trying to do that. I personally don't think anybody should give any ground to him whatsoever. Like, because all you're doing is encouraging him to do it the next time too. I mean, he's not going to stop. He, he's going to keep trying to grab shit. So I, I don't know. I, I don't think I wouldn't negotiate, but of course I'm not. Yeah. You know, I'm not. There was, you know. a, I think it was Paul Krugman that wrote something this morning on editorial page. And it was about, you know, going around talking to different people in Europe and their opinions. And there's like three positions that seem to be coming out of possible outcomes, you know, and, you know, like that issue of do you do a deal with him? Right. Just to like, as much as it's distasteful just to like end it. Um, or do you, do you, do you, does Ukrainian go all out on the win? You know, Russia can't do that now. I mean, all they can do is destroy shit. They can't yeah. with missiles, bombs, that kind of thing. They, their, their army morale is shattered right now. The morale the is shit. Is they're untrained. They're under-equipped. They they're don't panicking. have food. Their supply chain is broken. Their weapons are shit. I mean, garbage. I well, read this long... The whole command structure is gone. I yeah, mean, I read this long. Generals and, I think we've killed no, us. I mean, Ukraine has killed 3,000 colonels, I yeah, think, something like the, that. 
And the, the Russian army is not decentralized like the Western armies where, you know, captain goes down, lieutenant steps up, you know, next man up. These guys all sit around waiting for orders. Right. right. And well, that's that you can't get that rolling at this point. Sean says he needs all the po- all the ports gives him control over food exports. That makes a lot of sense. Right. The, the other thing I was going to say is that um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, weapons broken oh. untrained oh that Brown. was the thing uh this this long analysis of the fact that there are basically there is no central command from from moscow over these troops that there are all these separate factions of generals running each of the sections of the country and they're not taking orders from anybody and they're not working together uh is they're another looting. problem they have yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean also they're said fighting over the spoil, the looting. That's the weirdest yeah. part. Yeah. Sean also said, let's see how Europe feels after we freeze our balls off this winter. And I think that's yeah. where the pressure is going to come. It, it's going to be whether or not, you know, we can sit over here in Miami and not worry about not having gas or anywhere in the United States and not worry about having gas. But the real pressure is going to become if, if rioting rups in all, you know, all over Europe over, uh, heating then then those politicians are going to think long and hard about how long they support this and whether or not they push for you know a negotiated settlement of some sort so i I think that's a really valid point that that (laughs) pressure is going to come hard and fast from people in europe so well i think that's why it's so important to hold together now because this will not work unless putin asks for negotiations ukrainians don't want to negotiate in fact, that's going to be the sure. hardest part is calling them off. Yeah. And because yeah, exactly. Zelensky, I don't know if Zelensky can survive an election if he caves in and, you know, lets them keep that stuff, including Crimea. Well, it'll just take two. a it'll take big fucking checks from the US and Europe, right? Like, yeah. hey, we're gonna rebuild, we're gonna build all this great shit for you. Everybody's gonna have food and clothing and you know, all that good shit. That's the only way it happens. Yeah, it says a bottle of Jameson should help keep things from completely freezing over. <laughs> Always, Sean says, "Have my stock, man." Shizzy says, "If Biden didn't stop oil drilling in the U.S., does Russia still invade Ukraine?" I, I didn't. I wasn't I aware Biden stopped oil drilling. Well, I think he stopped new licensing uh, oh, okay. for a while, but you know, I mean, we're the number one natural gas producer i think in the world right now i mean it's always top one two or three you know between like guitar and russia and i think us usually um right and you know and in an oil it's the same thing and if you remember we weren't exporting any of that up until maybe how long it was five years ago when they changed the rules maybe ten seven three i can't remember but it's a you look at energy exports we're like the only one on the list of all the countries that has a positive you know, right. we're selling more than we're bringing in. I mean, yeah. obviously, Saudis and Guitaris and all those guys are in the same boat. But I haven't seen we've never seen these kind of numbers, I guess, in, in as long as they've been tracking it. So I think that maybe that factored into consideration. But as far as Russia going into Ukraine, I just think that this is a part of the Russian. You know, every country has a national myth or a mythology about it. That's a unifying um, cultural thing. And they have several. Ours is all men are created equal. 
<laughs> I wasn't really thinking of stuff like that. I'm more thinking of like you know, I'm just fucking around. Like I don't know. Manifest destiny. This is the type of stuff. Yeah. Like you know, God told us to go settle the West. It was our manifest destiny. I mean, that's what the translation yeah. literally means. Um, they have that Russia Soviet concept of Peter the Great and the strong relevant nation. And I think the fact that, you know, it was going away toward the end of the Cold War, um, their influence and their seat at the table. And I think he has this thing about wanting to return them to the glory days. And so to me, since Ukraine was such a big part of the Soviet Union, and if you look at like that southeast part of Ukraine where all the industry is and then the grain areas, it's kind of where all the food was grown for the Soviet Union, too. So and a lot of the defense industry of the Soviet Union was in the Ukraine. So it really is, you know, hard to pull these two apart. And uh, and I think it was something to do with that, too. Um, but also a rally around the flag thing when his country's in shambles. Um, you know, you want a quick conquest. He remembered Georgia. You remember Chechnya. You remember Syria. You remember all these places and and didn't think the West was going to get their act together that it was too much particularly europe i'm talking about here that it was too dependent on russian natural gas to to make a um long game decision oh versus you know dealing with near-term needs and so to me i don't see how he backs down i mean yeah. i think that's his big driver he wants to be the guy that put the whatever russia soviet czar whatever the peak of their global influence was is in their mind that's what he's trying to create and be the one responsible for it. So be the modern day Peter the Great, let's say. Um, it's just my opinion, but I think it's hard to put a particular reason. I think it was just some, because remember, this has been going on since we were going to a conference in DC when after the, what was there? Was there the Velvet Revolution? I can't remember, but more or less, they had their revolution. And then the, there was a Western EU oriented president that he got toppled in an election and by the guy who then got toppled in the maiden, this has been going back and forth between like right. Russia, Soviet Russia and Europe for I think right. two or three times already. So, right. you know, since and in 2014, I think was when they annexed Crimea and the other parts. So it was going on six years before that. So to me, he's, you know, somehow Putin has to find a face saving way to get out of this mess because at the end he loses. And he yep. can start conscripting people and mobilizing the Russian people behind the special um, emergency operation or whatever it was called. And then all they see is losing. I mean, there's an expiration date there, buddy. NGMI, yep. not going to make it, man. Speaking of mobilizing, um, mm -hmm. I don't know if the, our crypto DeFi community is capable because we couldn't get off our asses during yep. the primaries. But this is like red alert level shit right here. Oh, um, yeah. So there's a bill in the House being considered potentially going up for vote in committee um, next week um, that would put a two-year ban on Terra-like coins, um, essentially um, banning uh, the creation of algorithmic stable coins. Now, I don't know if the wording – Bloomberg, the, uh, the writers claim to have seen the bill, but um, – I don't know if the writing includes projects that already exist and it stops the creation of new coins 
in that algorithm or if it's just you can't start a new project. No idea. Uh, illegal to issue or create new endogenously collateralized stable coins, according to a copy obtained by Bloomberg. The definition would kick in for stable coins marketed as being able to be converted, redeemed, or repurchased for a fixed amount of monetary value and that relies solely on the value of another digital asset from the same creator to maintain their fixed price. Uh, then it gives Ooh, the background. That, that line was really interesting. Now, just does, does the, the last line rely solely on the value yeah. of another digital so asset? So in other words, creator, if, they're yeah. not, if they're not fully collateralized, you can't so, create it. So, so for, for example... Frax is not dependent upon what's their other token, FXS or something like that. Yeah, it's not dependent on that for for value, right? Correct. Yeah. So, see, to me, that that Frax is okay then, and it's an algorithmic stable coin. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I mean, I get what they're saying here. I was this is all over LinkedIn right now, of course, too, and um, because you know you got all the lawyers haggling over there. Yeah. And um, again, the synopsis is something like. It's like the lawsuit from the SEC claiming jurisdiction over Ethereum transactions and putting that, that it's just a, you know, this is going to get so watered down or so incorporated into another bill because really all you got to do is say, okay, look, man, pause for a second. Frax is cool. Whatever other ones are cool or cool. No new ones till we figure this shit out. And nobody should be able to do that, you know, three three card Monty thing. And yeah, I got my million here and it's collateralizing my stable here. And my million here is collateralized by the stable here and back and forth. It's just, come on. That just doesn't make sense in its current configuration. Maybe it does in the future. So I'm not too concerned about this one. Oh, I am. I, 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 any look, anything that outright bans developers creating something and putting the code out, to experiment in this process, to me, is a bad thing. They, yeah. Well, we have all, to stop it. Terra fatigue. This is terra fatigue at this point. Yeah, you know? but but we have to fucking stop this shit. And I'm concerned that the crypto community doesn't have enough engagement or desire to actually fight. And the problem is the bigger players, Coinbase, Circle, those folks. It's really not in their best interest to stop this. Right, circle circle doesn't give a shit if more algo stable coins are stopped. Right, it's it's yeah, USDC. They want they, them all stopped. They want them all stopped. It's yeah. in their best interest, right? So, um, my my concern here is more about the fact that if they if this happens, then this is just step one, right? If they start trying to interfere with kind of developers releasing code and systems that create this stuff. Um, if it's not centrally controlled by a, a human or an entity, then I, I think it's a slippery slope to to killing a lot of other things. That's that's what what I'm concerned about. I think we have to we have to kill this shit. No, so. you look. I'm not going to go against you on this because, um, you know, I kind of think I'm saying the same thing. But to me, it's that when someone throws this type of language out, it's an opening position, and that everybody needs to engage. And we need to tell them the way it should be, you know, why you want to do it this way in language that makes it beneficial to the existing legacy players um, and then keep going. But, you know, again, I just think this is going to get buried and watered down. I don't see a standalone piece of legislation in our current 
configuration moving all the way through the House and Senate to the White House on just algorithmic stable coins. I just I, I hope it. you're right. I, I yeah. hope you're I absolutely hope you're right. But it's it's to me incredibly interesting that it's that they're talking about getting this out of committee next week um, and that they've kept it basically the details of it hush hush in advance tells me that Waters and and if McHenry's involved, McHenry are, are trying to slide this through the committee fast and then get it on the floor for a vote. Now, hopefully the Senate, you know, our friends in the Senate speak up and say, what the fuck? Um, but um, look, I'm going to tell anyway. you something in, informally here. There's quite a few senators that will just say, what the fuck, if, on everything coming from Maxine Waters. Okay, That's true. And That's a good point. So whether it's right or wrong, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to take a position there. Um, but that's why. And so then if it does get out of committee, it gets its vote and then it passes and then it sits in between. Then the Senate has to take it up and they're never going to get to this. They're going to say, well, don't we have like three other crypto bills floating around here somewhere? Where's that agriculture <laughs> committee one? And they're going to say, let's just slam this shit together, put one sentence in here. And let's get this thing voted on because that's where all the money is. You know, sure. people don't know how powerful the agriculture, the Senate yeah. Agriculture Committee is in the U.S. Probably yeah. it's one of the, I think, top three most powerful committees. The other ones would be like, you know, the ones that involve uh, appropriations, you know, the spending. Obviously, that one's, you know, everybody wants to know those guys. Um, and then something around national security or defense or foreign affairs yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's a low key one. So people don't always think about the power that's coming out of this committee. So to me, you know, I think that's where the big bill comes out of some of, out of that Senate one that's circulating there that we talked about last week, I think, but this kind of stuff. Yeah, you're right. I mean, if you, we need to engage with these guys, just like we need to engage with that department of treasury, Q&A thing from yesterday yep. Yep. Um, to put our voices forward because right. at the end of the day, you know, I mean, as much as it's, it's a pain at the end of the day, they want, you know, the U S wants this as a core technology in its economic uh, toolkit. Okay. And you're going to have to dot a lot of I's and cross a lot of T's to get there, but it eventually gets there. And so, but we have to influence it. We have to go in and say, hey, you know, if we don't do this and it ends up in somebody else's hands, then we're behind them. Just like quantum computing, just like AI, just like all these, you know, next gen technologies, we have to be, again, yep. sorry for my European friends, I'm collectively saying we, you know, the Western world, whatever you want to call it, have to stay on top of this. And yep. if the US is going to claim the gatekeeper role on the financial system, then obviously it has to be part of that financial system. So, but we don't want to do stupid stuff. So yeah. let's advocate why we want this, not just, you know, when moon shit and stuff like that. I mean, you know, that metaverse study, I, uh, I circulated a few days ago that had the specific benefit in my Twitter feed, specific benefits for the banks and groups like that in the consulting firms. I mean, these are trillion dollar opportunities for them. That's what JP Morgan needs to hear. I mean, I'm sure they already know it, but that's why these groups need to hear, the regulators need to hear, and the senators need to hear. This is going to make, not only is it going to enable grassroots America and get back to the main street, 
but it's also going to make tons of money for the incumbent players. So it's win-win. Why don't you want this? I mean, that's the pitch yeah. I would be making, but, but you can't talk language. They don't understand, you know, um, like, yeah. Uh, she says, Shizzy says a decentralized stablecoin is the last thing governments want, but it's something we need, especially with USDC obeying. Sean says, dude, if it's actually decentralized, none of this is meaningful anyway. Well, it is meaningful for the people that are writing the code and releasing it. Um, if they want to release their projects after something like this passes, um, because then there'll be a target of investigation, fines and or imprisonment. So, um, if, if that's if, what's if, I mean, I don't know if there's going to be penalties for developers. I mean, does we don't know what it is. Anywhere? Yeah. Okay. No. We need to make sure it. that doesn't happen. Yes, absolutely. But you know, there's going to be penalties. There will be penalties. I mean, why would they? Why would they have a ban with no penalties? No, I mean, um, you penalize, like, you know, the the you people that would lift that algo or that would trade. The same old securities argument they make about everything. You know, it's the the trading of it, the moving around of it, the intermediary of it. Hopefully, it doesn't go to the developers like I guess it did with Tornado, right? Didn't they pick a developer? Yeah, hopefully, Tornado? I, yeah. I, hope I don't know go what they pull. Yeah, I, I don't know what they would pull, but. My assumption would be is if, if you're an entity or a person that's releasing this, that in order to stop people from releasing it, the goal would be there would be some kind of punishment for releasing it if they have a ban on it. But I don't know. Um, maybe you can release it in Switzerland. I mean, that's the other thing we never hmm. really talk much about is there are these, you know, Portugal, Switzerland, uh, Singapore, places like that where I don't think that's illegal there. Right. Yeah. If it is illegal in the U.S., it's probably not yeah. going to be illegal. I don't know. There. I don't think it's going to be illegal in the U.K. because I think I see this big move in the U.K. post Brexit to differentiate on crypto right now in the financial services. So I have a feeling yeah, they're totally. going to be the anything goes guys. Um, so you know, if done work for you here. Hey, man, London rocks. Right. Like, of course, if you're not a U.S. citizen, yeah, go go put it somewhere else. That's it. Uh, but but you know that never. But stopped, I see your point. I, I'm not. That never stopped law enforcement point. in the United States from going after foreign nationals. So, um, yeah. the bill also cool. would allow banks and non-banks to issue stablecoins. Bank bank issuers. We saw that seek, coming. Yeah, bank issuers yeah. would seek approval from their typical federal regulators, such as the OCC. The legislation would direct the Fed to establish a process for making decisions on applications from non-bank issuers. The bill would also preserve a role for state regulators. Non-bank stablecoin issuers approved at the state level and that register with the Fed within 180 days of that approval would be able to operate under the bill. So this is interesting to me because this is like, okay, do you want to be Wyoming or Colorado, the, the hero of crypto? Then start handing out stablecoin licenses to Algo stablecoin projects, and now you've got your circumvention of the federal regulation. Well, aren't, aren't, isn't Wyoming already issuing banking licenses? They're issuing they? banking licenses, but this is issuing a license to issue a stable coin. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a natural, what I'm getting at, it's a natural progression. Absolutely. Absolutely. They already have the yeah. foundational law in place or the banks in yeah. place. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was thinking, I, when you were telling me this, I was thinking about, there was a guy, well, he's still in my connections. I want to say Robert Statica who I think it was one of the original coders for Wicker. I don't know if you guys remember Wicker, W-I-C-K-R. It was like, you know, a telegram signal kind of app and um, ephemeral messaging stuff. And then he launched a coin in 2018, maybe. And it was called Black Coin or something like that. And 
but it has some more it's all over LinkedIn and Twitter. You guys can look this up, but it has some more interesting protocols in there. But I started thinking about when you're talking Blackstone and BlackRock and stable coins. And I was like, he must be sitting there feeling pretty good right now <laughs> because I mean, it's a natural one for someone like who's got black in their lay, their brand to pick up or do something That's like that. Good. So, yeah. yeah, but it makes sense. Look, if you're yeah. Blackstone running, what, what do they got a trillion or a 7 trillion or 10 trillion under management and all of those people, you know, why not have your people having, you know, the Blackstone token in their, their wallet there that yeah. they use for transactions, but also that trades on exchanges. Like yeah, I totally, share agree. Box, so. totally agree. That's all. Uh, interesting. Listen to this show, a bit of the show uh, from the block um, interviews with, with uh, Vanessa Grellet and Melton. Uh, I never know how to pronounce her name. Demo Demorors. Um, both are venture capitalists in the crypto space. Um, and basically the, what this piece says is that uh, VCs are saying, no, no, give me the equity now. Um, they're still doing deals, but they're doing, you know, full diligence. They're all of the shit that was going on during the bull market would just, you know, give me your wallet address. I'll send you the money. That's, that's out the window now. Now it's full blown. Show me the value. Show me revenue. Show me my equity stake. What's your exit plan? And we're going to do diligence and do the whole process. Mm -hmm. So um, I, look, I think there are still probably VCs and investors in this space that are not doing all that, but the, the larger players in the space are now uh, being less uh, irresponsible about how they, how they do this. So. Yeah. I noticed that this, their thing is powered by Tron, but that was kind <laughs> of thing. What's powered by Tron? The back, like the bottom left of the, you know, Presented by Tron. Sorry, presented by Tron. Oh, that's an oh, ad. Yeah, but I'm kind of like, you know, yeah. look, they should have all known this going into the gate. I mean, when I was running a venture fund, you know how much time we put in getting to know these people and do the due diligence? I mean, it really is. You invest in people, not product, number one, because product doesn't always work. Nothing that they're going to do is going to work the way they say it's going to work. And what you want to make sure is they're not going to quit and fold the tent or do something totally rogue when shit's going against them or they're going to yeah. pivot the wrong way. So you really yeah. get into the people. And the fact that anybody with any responsible VC was doing this to me. Um, I mean, I don't think a 16 Sequoia and those guys and their crypto deals, they're not going in. Oh, we don't know anybody here. Okay. Here's $40 million. <laughs> you know, they're not doing that shit. Right. But you know, the other people that are playing with house money that are playing fast and loose. Yeah. They get FOMO'd up and they come pouring in. I mean, it's a, you know, when you're looking for investment, you want those first time VCs if you can't get the real established VCs <laughs> because yeah. I don't want to say dumber money, but it's not as savvy and they don't have a formal process to like rake you over the coals <laughs> and extract the most value out of you. Like GE did with M and a integration. They just start, you know, they're like us you know, trying to invest in deals and they're just glad yeah. to get in. So yeah. you want to get those guys, some of them in your deals if you can, because it's easy money. Um, sorry, not cool. All right. pointing fingers at anybody, but I also saw, you know, Kathy Woods, ARC, you know, as of a couple of years ago, I don't know if they've done anything different lately, but they wouldn't touch anything with tokens. You know, I mean, of course, they own shitloads of BTC. Yeah, but they're, <laughs> but all the other, listen, every player in the crypto space was investing with tokens, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, they all were. And yeah, I don't consider aren't. her a crypto investor. I know she's invested in crypto, but I don't consider her like a 
you know, somebody that's investing in seed rounds of, of startups in the crypto space projects. So, yeah, no, I don't see her doing that. So this I found really interesting and, and it's not really that big a deal in terms of, you know, earth shattering news, but this Dow Panda Dow, which I had heard vaguely of in the past, I wasn't very familiar with it, but um, the developers basically have decided to shut it down. And the primary reason was nobody could decide on anything. So there was a couple of things that were interesting to me about this. The first was, um, you know, this is to shut this down is better than a zombie project, right? You know, something that's just going to fucking limp along. If you can't get over the shit that's going on in the community and the back and forth and the differing um, uh, goals of members of the community, they talked about the fact that they're the token go up boys, the the long term strategy people, the people who have specific product ideas, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, it's just. Sometimes you just got to say, shut this shit down because it's not going anywhere. That said, I find it um, incredibly interesting that they actually never had a plan. So they raised like 1900 ETH, I think. Um, and there was, yeah, 1900 ETH, but there was no, like, here's what we're going to do with this strategy it was just like let's raise money and then we'll figure it out i guess and if anybody knows more of the backstory on panda dow feel free to let me know i can't even find wait, a wait, fucking wait, website saying this shit out loud yeah yeah they're saying out loud we don't know where to go from here everybody's conflicting we can't do anything so we're we shutting didn't everything. have a plan they're saying we didn't have a plan there was no plan they were all all of the debate the reason they're shutting down is nobody knew what to do nobody yeah. knew what to do they had no real social presence. There was no website. And I'm like, but I mean, look, they're, they're, they're sending the money back. But this brings me to another point that I think is really important. And that is if you're going to start a fucking community or DAO, as much as you want it to like grow organically and everyone to get along and kumbaya fucking ya, it ain't going to happen. You as one of the first leaders, the only leader with the first five people, whatever the fuck it is, you got to set the agenda and the goal, right? Even if you have to pivot later on what the product is, you've got to set what the fuck this is going to be about. And then you got to, this is, this is the big problem we have in this space. Every community lets every motherfucker in who's a token boy or a moon boy or whatever, and lets them rant and rave and complain and bitch and moan. You, you start fucking bend that shit. Let, you, you've got to stop putting up with shit that doesn't match what your mission is for your project. Get rid of those people. Get them out of your community. The only reason you get to a point where you can't make a decision about how to move forward is that nobody knew what the mission was going in. And so you, you had no plan, you had no goal, you had no nothing, and you allowed people into the community that were fucking it up. And to my perspective, from my perspective is if we're going to move this industry forward and we're going to have DAOs and we're going to have community governance, then you've got to make sure that the community is aligned with your vision and mission. And you got to boot the people out of your community that are not aligned with the vision and mission. So anyway. Yeah. It seems to me, I applaud them returning it, but yeah. look, I was talking about this on Twitter this morning and you know, what did they say to get that 1900 ETH? That's what I don't know. And I tried to go find historical shit on the Dow to figure out what the fuck they were promoting. 
I can't find anything. So I think what they were promoting, I think what it was was kind of those natural coming together of a bunch of people. Yeah. Everybody said, oh, let's work together. We all like each other. Yeah, la, 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 la. And then it ended up bigger than that. And everybody right? threw in a couple of ETH. Exactly. I so think, it probably wasn't I a think. fundraise. Yeah, that's, I hope that's what it was. Because I'm trying to think what the price of ETH was. When, well, we know what it was a year ago. Or I mean, when they took the money, was ETH at 4500 Yeah. Or was ETH at 1000 Oh, uh, Oh, hold on. I think it said here when it was. Turmoil within the Dow after raising $1,900 at a price. Oh, Ooh. that's one ETH equals 500,000 Panda, but they don't tell. Do we have a date when that was? Well, it went through. Oh, no, that was them, the, the founders. There was fights about Panda NFTs and all kinds of stupid shit. Yeah, the only thing I was saying is that, <clears throat> look, if the, if the people... You know, returning the identical amount of ETH, but yeah, I don't think they're doing what that. the initial investment was, is potentially a problem. Unless, you know, it was an inside round of everybody who came together, like you said, Brad, and everybody knew what was going on. I mean, that's I'm cool. assuming. I, I yeah. have no idea for sure. But look, if you went out and did an ICO, let's say, or raised money, like, you know, from unknowns, and oh. then you return less, you're wait, still wait. exposed. Yeah, and here's the thing. They're not returning ETH. <laughs> oh, I didn't they're, know this. Now, here's the crazy thing. They announced they're shutting down PandaDAO, but the way that they're going to return money to people is by giving them Panda tokens. Yeah, okay. Okay. Good luck getting through that one, guys. <laughs> I mean, if I'm on the other side of that and I gave you 50 ETH, I'm like, hey, here's my lawyer. Deal with it. Yeah, exactly. And 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 you didn't communicate. Now again, you know, if I've got five million ETH, fifty ETH is a drop in the bucket. I don't really care. And you're good guys. Then you know, tell me to my face. Right. But if I'm the little dude who put in, you know, the house down payment money, and you're giving me back half of it, and in it oh. sounds like a shitty token that's getting ready to get abandoned and flatlined, then I'm going to be like, well, here's no, yeah, here's the dump. Here's the dump on it. But here's well, here's the weird thing. Panda DAO is a sub-DAO of people DAO. Panda DAO goal is to break the Web 2's grip on human resources and information. What the fuck does that mean? Release the <laughs> Niblets, from Niblets, slavery? I don't know. I'm Niblets, sorry, thanks for the investment. Here's some belly button lint. <laughs> Exactly. It's like when I got nuked on Blizzard Finance and it's like, this, you know, this thanks is, for playing. Here's your four cents. This is their <laughs> website. What What the fuck is this? I mean, it's like, I, I, it's just ridiculous. The whole thing is silly. I mean, the whole thing is silly. But look, I, I'm, I'm glad they are realizing they're never going to get past this shit and they're shutting it down because obviously this was a fucking train wreck. But what the hell is now? I want to know what people DAO is. I'm going to regret this. I'm going to regret this. Yeah, fucking, going down the rat hole. Yeah, the rabbit I'm going hole, to totally sorry. regret this fucking rabbit hole. I can tell now. But it looks like it's very Chinese oriented. So yeah. uh, anyway, uh, let's see what else. Oh, you posted up. Well, oh, this one. One more thing. Danielle is out. out. <laughs> he got booted. Good, 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 good. 
Well, he resigned. He resigned. But you know what it came down to? Because I listened to the call. It came down to the fact that he just didn't like fucking being questioned. And he wasn't about to just hand over, you know, he handed over control, but he wasn't about to hand over control while still trying to remain in it. Right. And I listened to the call where basically they had been grilling him for a week online and asking him questions and asking him to explain things, asking him to explain the multi-sig, all that shit we talked about a week or two ago. And finally, he and he still was 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 refusing to answer the questions, was like jumping all over the place, making up excuses, trying to get the conversation moving along. The bottom line is, I think there's more to what this fucking guy did than what we know uh, on the sleaze side of things, because he's like just refusing to disclose shit that's important to the Dow that he claimed he wanted to have happen. But what he really wanted to have happen was everyone to feel like they were voting and him to still be able to drive forward with his vision. But he is out now. They're getting control of the wallets. They're getting control of, of the code. They're getting control of everything. And here's here's the really interesting thing. They're launching um, a liquid staking platform on Avalanche. And they're actually building products and investing in startups with, with Wonderland. So, you know, more power to them. Uh, all those people that were, you know, core believers in Danielle and part of the cult, I think they've had an awakening to the fact that that was stupid and they're actually now stepping up and taking over their DAO and, and trying to drive forward with a mission and with responsibly investing their money and, and everything else. So I'm, I'm excited mm. to see it for them. I, I, it would be really cool to have this be a turnaround story, right? Where, where cult leader gets ditched, kicked out and the cult figures out the cult leader was an idiot and takes over the project and turns it into something that to me would be a very cool story. Well, look at this. Somebody's been dumping a shitload at starting yeah. at about probably like eight, nine o'clock in the morning. I'm going to send a link to you and you put it up. Where is oh, second guy? the chart open. Oh, look at that. Oh, no, look at the daily, man. There's like a, it went from 17 to like 11. Here, I'm sending you the coin market cap chart. Today? Well, I think so. Wonderland it's time been, down it 30%. Looks like it's been it looks like it's been between 12 and 11 since uh, this all this week. So maybe my y-axis bar is off. I think it's, something's off on your chart. Because look, it's in the last month, it's climbed from, you know, down at 10 bucks. But look at the 11. one day chart. Look at the one day. I mean, the chart of just one 20, day period not yeah I just this sent is it 24 hours all right hold on check something yeah i saw i see it on the seven day too from like 18 to 10 and then coming back to 11 that's weird that's a completely well, can you different open the link i sent you and i did i got it open right now on screen oh that's right i got a black screen that's what yeah there you go I got a black screen. Now, what does it say below that big drop? Like 8.53 this morning? Or is it a different day and I'm missing that? No, that's today. Yeah, okay. Let me look at uh, let me look at TradingView. That's really strange. Maybe uh, DropSpot is having troubles with their charts. It's, it's really weird, dude. Yeah, it's weird. Like, And then look back on like the 16th. 
somebody came in when it was at 11 and pushed it up to 19. And then on the 17th, 18th time frame, it goes back down to 12. Yeah, I don't know what the hell this is. Hold on. Am I? What That's the price, fuck? too. Polynex, it's down to six bucks. Yeah. What was that chart you were looking at? You might want to look at more. <laughs> so, more charts before you do something, dude. Well, wow, that was DropSpot. I always look at TradingView, but look, here's DropSpot. Oh, I'm looking at time. What are you looking at, Joe? What token are you looking Wonderland at? Wonderland time. Yeah, time USDT. Avalanche yeah. D-Chain, smart contract ending in 9C3. That's fucking weird, dude. Because this is time on Polynex. Let me look on CoinGecko. Wow. Wonderland. This is showing last trade at six bucks on Polynex. CoinGecko uh, showing $5.99 down 48% since the announcement. That's crazy. So yeah, I would assume looks, Danielle so and Danielle and company are dumping. Danielle and Sifu and those guys are all like, oh yeah, fuckers, and they're dumping now. But it's just good riddance, guys. Exactly. Bite it and put something together now. Because I remember when that was was that at like 8,000, 10,000 at one point? I don't even remember at this point. I think I remember selling some at like 8,000 or at 8,500, but but I got it like six, not at, you know, $6, 600. So it's over 6,000. So, but it's weird because, yeah, then volume just fell off a cliff. Yeah, whatever. It's in a tank. Whatever. Hey, I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see them taking on uh, what? Now it's twelve bucks over on Coin Market Cap again. E Euphoric is saying they voted in Sifu as the interim treasury manager, which I actually, <laughs> I actually would vote for that because that guy made well, he fucking did a good money. Job, didn't he? Yeah, I would totally yeah. vote for that. At this point, what the? Why the fuck not? <laughs> you, know? you know, my feeling with that guy, but is I didn't I, see that in the stuff I was reading. James I mean, says you know, the people DAO is the Constitution DAO. Oh, that's right. Is it? I think it is. I didn't even think of that. You know, when, when the whole Sifu stuff broke, I mean, and everybody was talking about the identity theft, and he was associated, you know, as a teenager and the uh, association with the Quadriga guy. You know, I sort of felt like he was getting blamed for a lot of stuff that you know, for the Quadriga guy and for everything else. Um, and I always believe in second chances. I mean, of course, identity theft. But, you know, I mean, there's a lot of kids running around in these gangs and stuff doing stuff like that. I mean, those fake ID rings and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't really, you know, it's bad. So, it's like, you know, getting a DUI or something. You know, it's like, yeah. it's not. James is, James is right that people DAO, by the way, is is that constitution. They were trying to buy the constitution. And it is Panda DAO is the sub DAO. So. Thank you. Thank you, James. Well, maybe that makes sense because they Trickling. couldn't figure out what else to buy. Yeah. Hmm, no, no, because Panda Dow is a sub Dow to people Dow. Panda Dow was its own thing. And I have a feeling it's what I said, which is it was a group of people coming out of people Dow that created a sub Dow, had raised this money, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, 
this whole idea of, hey, we're going to kill the DAO and we're going to compensate everybody with token of DAO that we just killed isn't probably the best strategy to avoid. It's a souvenir, man. Lawsuits. Here's yeah. your souvenir, dude. Uh, evidently, PeopleDAO was holding an emergency meeting of the Pan People Dow was holding an emergency meeting of Panda Dow. Uh, anyway, uh, that's enough. Did we that. get? Let me see. It's one o'clock. Got roll, but did we get? Oh to shit! Everything? No, we okay, didn't. We see. didn't get to Nvidia. We didn't get to uh, Apple's. You had something oh, there about was something. Apple. No, there was this new tech in that one for the lidar stuff for blind people. And you're going to be able to walk around and that phone can read addresses and tell you the steps and point you to the door. It can see features. Oh, that's steps. awesome. And so it guides a blind person like they have a stick with a dog, that's basically. fucking awesome. And it tells them, it reads addresses, it reads, and it kind of wow. builds the world in there. So then it tracks down its content repository on regular places the blind person would go and it allows them to move around. Jesus that's fucking Christ. amazing shit. That's, that's cool. Amazing. I I didn't see that coming, Joe. I didn't either. I mean, to me, that's like gets into that area of like virtual eyes and shit, you know? It's very cool. I was making a little pun. No, I heard that. I heard that. I was it's more not. just ignoring you at that point. Um, but I know that this is, well, it's a military technology, basically, that's been it's very cool. commercialized. And it um, makes total friggin' sense. I mean, this is brilliant. This is really, I mean, imagine the people's lives that'll be changed. But think what also it can do in, say, uh, automated other technologies, let's say. Other, you know, think about like how LIDAR is used in the, uh, what do you call it, the driverless car market. Right. You know, and think now it's almost like they're putting context around it now uh, for blind people. So expect that Brilliant. you could do that in all these other areas, too, um, where you're scanning an environment around you, not just visual stuff. So other sensory uh, inputs. So to me, I, I was, I mean, you know, I'm an Android guy, but I was, hey, I'll, I'll give a shout out to them for that one. This is cool. They're also adding live captions on any audio content. So I would assume phone calls, videos, whatever you're watching or listening mm -hmm. to, um, they're going to have live captions streaming in. All right, let's save the rest and get out of here. Let's roll. Gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching and listening. We love you and appreciate you. Um, and thank you for being with us for so long. We, Joe and I have a great time doing this. Yeah. Um, and on our 200th anniversary, we a uh, 200 episode uh, landmark milestone. We uh, appreciate you and are glad you're here with us every day, participating and listening. And um, if you could, please just go give us a quick review on Apple iTunes if you enjoy the content and the discussions we have. James Strickland, uh, Euphoric, Niblets, Sean, Shizzy, uh, Eamon, did I miss anybody? Thank you so much for your participation today and for um, adding to the conversation. We wouldn't be the same without you guys. You make a huge difference. You keep us on our toes and you make sure we are we don't look more stupid than we need to. So that's appreciated. Uh, go to the Reddit, people. Reddit forward slash R. Subreddit is Mission DeFi. Uh, r slash mission defi would appreciate you joining us and having a conversation there um, i think it's a great way for us to all get together and talk about more things sean started an awesome conversation about his goal of getting defi onto bitcoin i mean he's actively 
soliciting people to build a project there, folks. He's got sats waiting. So uh, join the conversation. Let's all let's all have a conversation about how that's possible, how we make it happen. Yeah. Um, and what could happen there? Maybe 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 we'll take over PandaDAO and uh, we'll start the Panda Bitcoin DeFi project. Who knows? Anyway, yeah. thank you very much, everybody. Have a great day. Joe, have yeah. a lovely uh, afternoon. You too, buddy. And if anybody's interested after the FOMC announcement, David Kelly at, of JP Morgan is going to be doing a discussion on interest rates. It's in my Twitter feed. It's at 415. You can just register and listen. But they're talking about all the things that we talk about, Europe, U.S., dollar, everything. And these are some smart guys. So if you have time and you're interested in that kind of stuff, um, just look at my feed. And you'll see it. It's today at 415 and the link's there for you to register. Um, but other than cool. that, let's see.